0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've got some news to talk about. We finally had a couple more rosters confirmed, ones that we pretty much knew, but they're now official. Uh, I had some interesting videos get put out by the teams to announce them. Uh, we're going to talk about Formal winning another Halo tournament and where he places all time in the FPS world and in Call of Duty in general. Um, and then we're going to kind of explore like a, a mock GM for the LAG camp because we haven't heard anything about them, besides that Marky B is exploring other options. Um, so overall, probably going to be a pretty short episode today and just cover that news. Um, so if you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. And let's jump into it. Brock, how you doing today? Hmm, good old.
1: Good old Monday. Doing pretty good. Did not work today, so big W's.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's like 400 degrees outside, so... Yeah, love that. (laughs) It's not fun to be outside on Memorial Day here. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about some, let's just say, I I would say we have like maybe one negative thing to talk about today. So let's just do it first, get it out of the way yep, and talk about some positive stuff after that. So first thing I saw, I didn't see actually like too many details on it. I just saw um, like the London Royal Ravens parent company apparently is really struggling financially trying to find the exact tweet here um Mm -hmm. i forget what their name is Is it's like koi or something like that what is it i can't find it now um here it is so it says infinite reality slash rogue is reportedly having problems with the non-payments in several areas of the koi project um it had problems with the payment of the license with riot games um so interesting there something is uh it's happening with their parent company, which is scary because we already know London is one of the probably teams Keep with period. some of the, the most financial struggles. Yeah, mm-hmm. they tend to pay their players very little. That seems like they're one of the least desirable organizations for people to go to because of obviously the fact that they're paying like minimum or, or close to it. Um, and the fact that they're struggling financially is not a good sign because they were trying to cut corners and save money by not paying their CDL roster. And they're still overall struggling. Still struggling. So yeah, hopefully, you know, they can, they can fix it. And- not be struggling financially anymore. Yeah, especially because I mean, it's going to make them an even less desirable organization. Because not only are they um, not paying high salaries, but if in parts of their organization they're struggling to even pay the people the salary they're owed, it's not uh, it's not the ideal thing you want to do uh, when you accept a job is accept a job from a company that knowingly doesn't pay employees at all or on time. It's not the you know the best yeah. situation to be in as a worker. Mm-hmm. And get a bad taste not in your mouth. Paid yeah so that's a mess there. Hopefully that all gets sorted out. I'm not sure i that company's based somewhere else. I thought they had like a spanish c e o or I could be completely wrong but they, I know they I thought they were based in some country outside of North America. okay, oh, yeah. KOI. I thought they were like somewhere I wanted to say Europe, but that could be wrong. I can't remember um mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's all we have on the negative front. Maybe one more thing later, I guess, depending on how you feel about YouTube and twitch mm-hmm. um yeah, well, let's talk about formal. This past weekend on Sunday, Optic Halo made a pretty crazy run and they won HCS Fort Worth. So I believe it was on Friday. They went one and one in pools. And then I think they played an amateur team to make uh-huh. it out of their pool. Uh, and they got put to the brink in a map five against the amateur team. And I believe they would have lost. They would have got eliminated in pools or had to start in losers. They clutched out map five. And then from there, uh, they three owed complexity and they three would phase and phases like the, the old optic dynasty halo squad um, and yep. sentinel yep. squad. Plus who is it? Renegade. I can't remember. Um, I think so, so an yeah. absolutely legendary squad and they three would them. And then they were up two zero on space station. Who's like, seems to beat them at every single tournament over the past few months. And uh, they got pushed to a game five. I thought another reverse sweep was about to happen, but they clutched up in the game five. Um, Ended up 3-0-ing native red in winner's final. And then in the grand final, incredible series. Um, Space Station once again met up with them, and they reset the bracket to a second mm. best of seven, which went all the way down to a game seven. And Mr. Formal dropped like 20 out of the 50 kills mm-hmm. uh, in game seven. Iced up. He won tournament MVP. And now his resume um, from CDL Intel tweeted out that he uh, called duty 23 Time tournament champion as well as uh, obviously everybody knows the 2017 world champion MVP and now in Halo that gives him eight tournament wins um, with the 2022 world championship and the next tournament coming up is uh, Worlds again for Halo and Optic is looking poised to be a top contender. They're the number one overall seed there so where does formal rank? I feel like obviously Call of Duty he's still a little bit down um, the ladder below guys like Skump, Krim probably Clay Karma. All four of those guys are probably ahead of him um, but, man, it's it's hard to not put him as number one multi-FPS all-time. Yeah. For sure, console FPS. I mean, the only other guy that has the World Championship in both that I can think of is Shotzi. Yep. But, I mean, yep. Formal obviously has infinite more tournament wins than Shotzi does. A lot more wins, yeah.
1: Man, no, Formal. Just, even if he didn't play Call, Call, Call of Duty, still eight-time champ in Halo and uh, World Champ. And still probably a career. lot more
0: chips if he never switched over. Yeah,
1: just... He's just a gamer, straight up gamer.
0: Yeah. I saw something interesting too. People were talking about um, how, like, what is it? I can't remember how many Ogre 2 has. I believe he's at like 40 or 40 plus tournament wins, obviously, all in Halo. Mm-hmm. I believe he was 40 plus. I thought Krim ended at 39 or 38. One of yeah, the things he was like right below 40. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at 31 now for formal. I believe that passes Scump because I think Scump has 30. I yep. think that major one win in the CDL Scump's final win was number 30 for him. Yeah. So I think that puts formal ahead of Scump in total wins, obviously not in Call of Duty, but I mean, it's time to start the conversation of what happens if formal passes crim. Obviously, he doesn't pass him in the Call of Duty world unless he goes back to Call of Duty and starts winning some more rings. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But I mean, if he switched back to Call of Duty and one another, imagine he wins his second ring in Halo and he's like, shoot, now I've got more in Halo. I got to go back to Cod and win another one. That'd be the ultimate. Yeah, man. Good old formal. Yeah. It's, it's crazy just, to think about, honestly. It's incredible work. And it, it, like, I saw somebody tweeting about it and it got me thinking, like, what if he does pass Krim, gets 39 or 40 chips, or approaches Ogre 2's record? Because, I mean, at 31, obviously, he'd have to play for a while because in order to pass Krim, he'd have to win seven or eight more, which would be at least a couple years of competing. And that's if he was winning every tournament because Halo doesn't have that many tournaments. He'd have to be winning four tournaments a year for the next two years to tie or pass him. Yeah. Um, obviously. So basically-
1: Almost every tournament.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, too, to for the goat talk in any esport. Like, well, and I guess not any esport, but specifically Call of Duty and stuff. It's, it's going to get tougher for anybody. If we're just chip counting, basically, nobody's ever going to pass Krim or Scump or Clay or these guys. Because, I mean, in today's landscape, I don't even know if it's physically possible for a person to win more tournaments than Krim did in the CDL format. No. And unless they paid for, like, 10 plus years winning a lot i mean they'd have to win half the events plus every year for 10 years which is like i mean if somebody does that that's insane like like you got guys like simp where simp what he just hit like 10 or something and he's simp and bz are like 10 wins and they've been the most dominant team over like four straight years Mm, yeah there's so many more tournaments back in the day (laughs) yeah that's why it's gonna be interesting to you know when we have this goat debate obviously i mean formal is the unquestioned multi fps goat unless i mean there could be somebody in like a val cs situation that i just don't know about because i don't really watch those games but yeah. in terms of console fps at least he's easily the greatest multi fps um but man it's gonna be hard to ever have that goat conversation with anybody else because dude i mean just the sheer number of tournaments like somebody could go Perfect if we have five majors and champs, somebody could win all five majors and champs for three years straight, and that wouldn't even give them half the chips that Krim has total. <laughs> yeah. yeah that will be tough. Like someone play for like 15 years then. Yeah. And, like Come the on. NBA debate is always like Jordan LeBron. Everybody's just like, well, Jordan has six rings, LeBron has four. So Jordan's the GOAT, where like basketball's always consistent, like the way you win a ring, despite I mean, obviously number of teams and stuff changes, but like in COD. Twenty years from now, if you're trying to look at the goal, let's say Simp retires with fifteen uh, championships and three rings, or something, mm-hmm. even like five more in another ring, but Krim has thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and three rings. Everybody's gonna be like, "Well, oh, you can't even discuss Simp because he has twenty less championships." But it's just such a such a weird thing. Like if you're just gonna go by counting numbers, yeah, obviously Krim will never be passed. But it's such an odd thing. or have to like change the standard. These chips got to count for three or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, so something like that. Because
0: all like the eyeball test too when when they played. Yeah, how dominant they were! Yeah, um, but formal shout out to formal. Obviously, when I feel like all the COD kids, even if you weren't a formal or optic fan, everybody kind of just cheers for optic and Halo just because we like to see somebody from Call of Duty go over there and win. hmm Yeah. Formal. Um, formal is him. Yeah. Uh, speaking of other games, X Defiant could potentially be coming out soon. Uh, we don't have like an official date or anything, but uh, I saw I forget the guy's name. Whoever used to be in Call of Duty, is it Mark Rubin or something? I think that sounds like the right name. He used to be like a Call of Duty developer and everything. And he's obviously like one of the head developers um, at Ubisoft for X Defiant. I thought him or somebody tweeted that like they got approved by whatever boards they need to get approved by for like ratings and everything for games. Mm -hmm. uh, Which typically means that like at any point they can announce a release date or have a release date. And then the game was also just played in like that greatest gamer tournament of all time. Sure, a lot of you saw the clips of Clay dominating everybody there, which I mean, we knew he would being a Call of Duty player. X Defiant's a pretty easy transition for a COD pro, yeah. Um, but X Defiant should be coming soon. I know I'm very excited for that game because when I played it, I thought it was really fun. Arcade style shooter, it's the closest feeling to COD, I would say. It's still just like maybe it's because I've just been playing COD for 10 plus years. No FPS like console FPS like that with like arcade shooter just feels that smooth. Obviously, games like Valorant feel smooth, but it's a different, yeah, kind of smooth. like. There's no, like, fluid arcade shooter where you go run around that just feels as smooth as Call of Duty to me, but X Defiant was pretty damn fun, and I'm excited to play that, hoping they have ranked on day one so I can hop in and try that out.
1: Yeah, no, definitely for X Defiant, yeah. Um, what, was, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> oh, the, the movement. The movement is a little wonky at first, but, like, I feel like yeah. when I played for a little bit, like an hour maybe, it, it felt fine, it's fine enough. Yeah. It like, not Call of Duty, but I had a lot of fun in that game because... Yeah. Because we play Valorant, but, like, I'm not very good at Valorant
0: Valorant compared to, like, X Defy or (laughs) COD. No, anything with a controller for me for probably a long time, maybe ever, will always be just, like, a little bit more fun and natural for me. Because I played on a controller my whole life and didn't even, like, attempt to play a PC game until, like, late college. Yeah. So, like, I'm just so much better on a controller. And, you know, eventually maybe I could get there on a keyboard mouse but like we're talking I'm playing Valorant I like never played keyboard mouse before I'm like a bronze silver level player on mm-hmm. Valorant where in COD I can hang with tr- crimson players iridescent players stuff like that like it's not that difficult for me and like I pick up X Defiant and I just slay out in the pubs in that game like it's it's pretty not easy but I mean I'm way better at any controller game I pick up than I am at any PC game yeah it just feels a lot more natural you know I've been playing we've been playing for a little bit now just
1: more natural
0: yeah, I mean, 18 years or whatever of playing a lot of the years. controller and like a year of playing with keyboard and mouse is a lot easier. But you're right. That movement in X Defiant felt a little clunky at first, but I feel like that's just like a, uh, a thing with COD because we've been playing COD for so long and COD's movement just feels so smooth Good. to us because it's just so much more natural. It feels like that, like maybe X Defiant, if we like blindly played both games, maybe we'd think x defiant was more smooth if we had never played cod but just because we're so used to years and years and years of cod moving like everything else just feels awkward when you play it
1: mm-hmm. yeah no
0: um, definitely it's a comfortable excited, thing yeah excited for an X Defiant, and like you said hopefully rank play comes out day one I'm just oh, i'm hoping it comes out like in the next week or two because i know they originally thought summer release which obviously i think technically summer runs for like another two weeks based on the calendar but yeah in my mind just because of when you're going to school summer is like june to august obviously i know it's longer than that but summer mm-hmm. months are like june july august for me because that's always when you're off school when you're a kid but i'm hoping it comes out soon because obviously cod comes out in uh early november so like if, i would like if x find could come out in the next week or two so i'd have like a couple months to you know just play that yeah um all right let's talk actually i want to do one other thing first so then we can just do all roster stuff last so let's talk about Hex leaking in the optic pod that uh, it sounds like it's going to be a YouTube exclusive year for the CDL, which business wise and CDL growth wise is, I mean, no argument from me there. It's a huge L because mm-hmm. uh, obviously for viewership and, you know, the watch parties, Zuma and Scump, especially those guys um, bring in a lot of viewership from watch parties on Twitch and made viewership records, you know, blow up this year. Um, oh, yeah. They, I'm sure they're going to find some way to do a deal where they can watch it on YouTube because losing that viewership would be insane. But it is tough that um, we're going YouTube exclusive this year, it sounds like, because obviously they're chasing the short-term bag. But for long-term growth, if if Activision and Microsoft now, their goal is to grow the CDL, obviously Twitch is the move. You might not gain as much in the short-term, but long-term um, just like any spectator sport, you need eyeballs in order for that to work because uh, without the eyeballs, there's no money and no fans and nothing matters mm-hmm. what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So short-term money grab. Yeah. YouTube. It's, oh, man, I just wish I would stay on Twitch one more year. Even yeah. I, I don't mind YouTube. It's like the, the aspect
0: of watching it, re- like going back, replaying stuff. Yeah, I I mean, YouTube has a more accessible app on like Roku TVs, which I'll be honest with you, as is, is dumb as it sounds like a lot of times, like I don't want to sit at my desk if I'm going to just like if I'm just like going to sit down to watch Call of Duty and just like chill, I don't really necessarily need to sit at my desk because I mean, the chair isn't as comfy as you go in to sit on like a nice couch in the living room or something like if it's like a I don't know, like Friday after work and before I, you know, go do something I want to just watch a couple COD matches, and just sit down in my living room and put it on my TV. I do like the ease of that. Because mm-hmm. the YouTube app is right there. It's easier than like the Twitch Roku app is just janky. And you have to like hook up my Xbox or something to the TV to watch it. It's just a lot more difficult. Yeah. And like you said, pausing is easier and going to the exact moment. Like you want to rewind to see a player. If you want to just catch up, you can fast forward. YouTube is better for that kind of stuff. But um, like I said, I'll, I'll take a little bit of inconvenience for the fact that the CDL could grow because the CDL growing also helps us. It gives more eyeballs to the podcast. Yep.
1: Yep. Sure does. <laughs>
0: So unfortunate there, uh, the money grab is is coming in, just like in the NFL. If the NFL had no viewers, the league wouldn't exist because that's how they make money. So it's it's yep. it's tough to imagine how people at, you know, Activision, the CDL don't understand just basic stuff like that. Because from what I've heard from like Nate Shot and Hex talking about it, obviously, I don't know. But it sounds like the money isn't even that significant that they're getting. Really? That's like what it sounds. It sounds like the money is not that significant for, for YouTube deals, but you know, if they're money grabbing, you know, they could just do crowdfunding for champs with the skin packs and take half the money like Riot does and they make yep. millions and millions off that, but they refuse to do that for some reason.
1: Yeah. So, but but like I said before, hopefully like Scump and Zuma since they're big, big Twitch streamers can get a deal done with YouTube or something around
0: those lines. Yeah, it, it, they got to get something figured out um because those so, two bring a ton of viewers i mean scump half the time has more viewers in the cdl stream yeah sometimes double and he's bringing so many i i bet you i don't know obviously the numbers on it but i bet you he brought a lot of new eyes and never oh, really right. watch because scump has a massive following that probably never even watched him play a single tournament match in his career because probably. of his pubs videos yeah mm-hmm. like i know a ton of people like i know like random people i'll see at work like I have like a random CDL merch item on, they'll like say something to me, and like they know something about Scump, or like you see people all the time that know Scump but don't even know he was a professional player. Like they literally thought he's just a YouTuber. Yeah, there are so many people like that that don't even know he was a professional player. Or that professional Call of Duty exists. They just like think in his bio it says professional Call of Duty player because he's just a YouTuber. Like there's so mm-hmm. many people that know him from not even his his esports days. So like I bet you a lot of people were like. Oh, Scum stream, and I'm a Scum fan. They tune into a stream, and all of a sudden, they're like, what is he watching? CDL? What is this? There's probably so many new fans just from Scum stream like that.
1: Yeah, that's crazy to think about. But all the people that just don't know how he's professional.
0: Yeah, where I feel like Zuma's probably more people that are actually, you know, CDL fans, because Zuma didn't really create a ton of content as much in his playing days. Yeah. More in the back half. I feel like a lot of the people that really like Zuma probably came from him playing professional and you know, he's, he's keeping a lot of the viewers in there because they like to watch a stream, but I feel like scump is bringing in a lot of like newer viewers because of how wide his reaches
1: mm-hmm. new eyes.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about rosters. Um, so there's two announcements, not surprising, not um, like catching us off guard. They were leaks that we already saw. Um, let's start with uh, LAT. They announced cammy ghosty Afro and Joe deceives. Uh, You and I have both talked about this team. I still, like, I think you have to look at it from the lens, once again, of what's available. Like, if we're talking to all players considered, maybe it's not the best roster, because there's obviously the top four have insane rosters. But once again, those players weren't attainable for LAT. So I think there was a missed opportunity here. I would have liked, and I think this probably would have been his dream location if he didn't have to move to L.A. I would have liked to see Clayster on this team instead of Cammie. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a relationship with Nadeshot, Shot, there's I think they're still, you know, friends and everything and they seem to like each other. And um I think they mostly require their players to move to LA and I feel like Clay probably didn't want to do that. I think he I don't know if he has a house or not, but I'm sure he's pretty settled. I know he's been dating somebody for a long time. They're probably pretty settled in Texas. And you know, Clay is probably not that uh not that many years left in him. Yeah. And so I would assume he probably wants to just kinda like chill where he's at, kinda settle down and then just play from his house. So maybe lat required him to move or something he didn't want to do it but that seems like a move that could have been made um I'm a i think urban good. I, yeah i think Clay's like one of the best free agents out there and we'll, we'll we'll touch a little bit more on clay later uh, in this episode yeah. at least i will for sure but i don't mind this roster i think it's got a lot of talent for the eighth year in a row we're looking for cold war cammy yep uh to show <laughs> up this <laughs> year yeah i mean i i feel like there's a lot of untapped potential and i've said it again i'd rather have you swing for the fence and finish 12th for these like teams that are picking from the scraps, it's weird to say LAT is picking from the scraps. Um, yeah, but they were. And for these teams, I'd rather have you swing for the fence and miss and finish bottom four. Um, than get like a safe team, just compete for eight and bow out first round at champs. Cause I think this team has potential. I think Cammy does, you know, although he has had a few down years, I do feel like he still can be a very good player. Um, yeah. And then the other three, honestly, I feel like they haven't hit their ceiling. We saw mm-hmm. ghosty, be like a glue guy gap filler last year for optic but he has a lot of talent we know he was putting up numbers and challengers same thing with afro he's a lot of raw skill and mechanical talent they just have to hone it into making the correct plays and i believe Joe joda sees a lot of raw talent we saw him randomly dropping bombs last year on a very bad team i think he's got some search ability so i feel like they have three very moldable players that have untapped potential and that's they're swinging for the fences i like it yep they got that talent that's for sure yeah. And for a bottom team or like for one of the teams that was picking from the lowest or like last available players, I'd be like they got a pretty talented roster for that fact.
1: Mm-hmm. And the LAT coaching staff is pretty, pretty dang good helping players fix their problems.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think they can mold this team like I think the Afro Joe to sub subduo. Do I think they're going to be able to constantly shut down a simp and a BZ, a shot seed pred? No, but like. Ceiling wise, I think on the right day, they could keep up with them in a series or two in the right day. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're matching up with FaZe against Simpitabizi, I'm still obviously going to give the edge to to the Tiny Terrors every time. But I wouldn't be surprised if Afro and Joe Deceives came out hot one series and, you know, made it competitive, which for these bottom teams, at some point, that's all they can hope for. Yeah.
1: No, this this roster is pretty good for the scraps, like you said. Yeah. Personally, I like
0: this roster besides. Yeah, let's. Let's talk about this other roster that I actually don't mind, and I don't know how you feel about it, but the community was cooking it. The Minnesota Rocker announced their roster, once again, um, they've got the only CDL player from Wisconsin. They're close by to us. They're a good org. We like them. They have another one of our favorite players in the roster, but once again, for the talent that's left, obviously in comparison to all teams, maybe not the best, but for the talent that's left, I think this roster is pretty good, and once again, I like the swinging for the fences. Linz is a home run play. Yep. He's a home runner bust kind of play, but I like this team. To me, it's like a light version of uh, a diet version of Seattle Surge over the last two years. Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. the same main AR, you've got a heavy slaying uh, flex, have and wake. Uh, you've got like your X Factor, you're hoping is a superstar, lens and Pred, and then you've got um the one that's a little different, maybe Vivid and Mac isn't as much of a comparison, but I would almost argue that I think Vivid's better than Mac. Yeah, Vivid's better than Mac. It's like Pred is your slayer, and Mac wasn't really like a super fast entry guy. Um, I do think Mac's a good player, but I like Vivid because he's just going to be super unselfish, go in first and allow Linz to just try to be that 1.2 superstar. So, for what's left, I mean, Accuracy is going to lead the troops. We know he's a good leader. Um, big Wake, go get kills. Lynn, same thing, go get kills. And Vivid, go in first, do the dirty work. I think this team has some potential. Yeah. I don't think they'll win, but they could definitely make it, make it interesting. Yeah, right my, I think that they're going to make a Sunday this year. It's, I, usually, it's not a bold prediction to say a team's going to make a Sunday, but with the way our top four, five, six teams are this year, mm-hmm. I think this team is going to surprise everybody and make a Sunday. Because I think they're going to be like the Seattle Surge. I think they're going to maybe not win an event like Surge, but I think they're randomly going to get a top three. The next tournament, they might get last. Like yeah. I could see this team doing that.
1: Yeah. Oh And hopefully not, though, for their sake.
0: No. But I I feel like this team can make a run for top eight, and a lot of people are saying bottom four team, bottom four team. And I just, could they be bottom four? Sure, I see a world where they are, but a lot of people, it seems like, think they're like guaranteed bottom four, and I just don't understand why, because, I mean, we still have yet to see LAG, um, London, and uh, who am I missing? Uh, Vegas's teams that, I don't know that those teams are going to be better than this. Yeah.
1: For what what was uh, left, I would say it's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I feel
0: the same way. Um, and, and they got the Wisconsin boy, so... yeah, Shout out Vivid. Yeah, I tweeted at Vivid when he announced it. Said he was representing Wisconsin or something. He dropped a nice like on the tweet. Um, we're we're going to be Minnesota fans this year, it sounds like, because they've got Lamar and the only Wisconsin CDL player. Yep. Um, it. <laughs> yeah. Our, our last team to talk about, Brock, is your team that you were riding for last year, LAG. Um, I so Marky B... Announced that he's exploring options. Uh, I think, like for like, coaching GM that kind of role, which is, I feel like that probably should have come out sooner. Maybe he was trying to work on something with LAG, and they just couldn't get it done because it seems like LAG was basically trimming all staff except mm-hmm. the rosters because they had that whole thing. I don't know exactly the details on it. But they had the whole thing with the guard and Valorant. Did you see that? Didn't they like release a bunch of staff members for the guard from the guard? Yeah. Well, they had that, and then like. I don't know exactly how it works, but there's like the thing all oh, they have to do, like an application and like some kind of process to like keep their valorant spot like their v c t spot and i I could be saying this wrong, but I thought they like missed the deadline, oh really? so like they were just like gonna get removed from the valorant League, but which was a terrible situation for the players because it was kind of like back in the black ops four days when like the team would win last chance qualifier, but then the org would sell the spot to make money and the roster would just like like when yeah. Fastball had that happen to him, mm-hmm. their team qualified for the league, and then the, the organization was like, shoot, this is a chance to make a lot of money, and they just sold their spot and got rid of the roster and somebody else took it, which was like really messed up. Yeah, especially like for the he worked Super hard. These players work super hard. They got the last chance qualifier. They think this is their break. They're in the league, and then they just get kicked out because the org is selfish. Um, yeah. I think that, like a bunch of people like Shot, and other people signed like a petition to try to um, make sure they would keep like the players would at least be able to keep their spot and go under a new org, which I really hope Mm -hmm. for the player's sake to get to. But yeah, it sounds like the guard just didn't submit things on time. So they're getting their spot taken away from them or something. That's just, that's just not right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm surprised that Marky B now announced he was exploring options, um, away from LAG. But anyways, what we want to do here for this final little segment, um, is play GM for LAG. Uh, if you're the GM, what kind of squad are you putting together? I mean, I would say keep it realistic, but at this point, like not a lot of crazy good players are left. Um yeah. and obviously, like, we're gonna go out on a limb and say you can't use like the rumored surge roster, even though it's not confirmed. Like, we're just gonna say like Ily, Arsides, um, those boys aren't available. So we're just gonna mm-hmm. assume they're on Seattle. But like, you don't have to like make a roster right away, but like what players are you targeting at to like build your squad around? I, I already hinted at mine so i'll say mine right away but if i'm lag i'm i mean i'm going to clay and being like your options are to go back to vegas and that cheaper salary London who's not really going to pay you um or us who's probably i mean who knows now what their struggles as an organization maybe they aren't paying much anymore but um if i'm if i'm them i'm going to clay and being like we need you and we're gonna let you basically pick your teammates around around you i'm i'm focusing on Clayster if i'm lag Mm -hmm. same honestly i'm looking like clay and clay attach I don't hate Clay and Attach. I also think just taking Vegas is due. I don't think if they want to play together still, I don't think Clay and Temp is the worst. Yeah. Because I think Temp maybe brings a little bit more upside in the slaying department than Attach, but I don't hate Clay and Attach either. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I'm also looking at like a, like I'm looking at Standy as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't really necessarily want to go Clay, Temp, Standy, because I don't know if we want to take three people from Vegas considering they didn't make champs last year, but like, I'm, there's a lot of players I'm looking at Nero. Yes, I was looking at Nero as well. Yeah, like Nero Standy Subduo. I don't hate that for what's left. Um Gwyn. Apparently, he's going to be a challenger this year. It sounds like he's got no offers, but I'd be looking at Gwyn as well. Mm-hmm. Chall- Mac. Chance. I like Mac. Yeah. A- Asim. Bring back Asim. I forgot about Asim. Yep. Asim would be an interesting one. I feel like that's a a circle that Clay would. I- Actually, like Asim, Standy, Mac, that trio, Clay has played with. I mean, Clay played with Standy on Vegas. He played with Mac and Asim at the same time on Mm -hmm. Subliners and Cold War for a bit, and they had some decent success. They made a a finals, um, won a lot of matches with Hydra on that team. I could see a world where he like picks his sub duo between those three he's played with. Maybe give him like Standy and Asim and um, Temp. I don't know. Maybe Clay, Temp, Standy, Asim. I guess you'd go with the trio from Vegas and then add Asim instead of Tiege. Yeah. Obviously not the greatest roster. It's a very veteran roster. Maybe you take a chance on like a Gwyn, somebody more more unknown.
1: What about uh
0: I don't I can't remember if he's still on the team or not. Nasty? I think he's technically a free agent. Obviously you'd have to go flex with him. I don't know. I feel like Clay wouldn't want him. Cause like if I like in my situation, I'm basically giving Clay the keys. Yeah. And I don't know that Clay would want him. I don't think Nasty's the worst, but like, still for me, I'd rather have Temper attach, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I do think Nasty's a pretty good player. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I'm missing. Like, I guess like guys like Beans <laughs> are out there, but uh, I don't think Beans and Clay work at <laughs> all together. Two, no. two slower ARs. I don't like that. Um, Kremp's out there. TJ. I like Tej. I like yeah. TJ. <laughs> I, like I don't. I feel like Clay and Teague are gonna work again together. Teague is a really tough player because, like, Teague is in a tough spot because to me he's kind of like Hicksy, where I feel like he only works on like a top team. Yeah, as weird as that sounds, as backwards as it sounds, like I feel like Teague is a guy that you like slot in with like a superstar lineup. Like, I'm like trying to think of a team. Like, I don't even know who to think um, of. Like, I was gonna say like New York if somehow Kismet was gone. Like, with Hydra, Skies, or, yeah, Hydra, Skies, and Sib, if Kismet somehow just wasn't on that team, obviously, I'd much rather have Kismet than Tiege, but, like, if Kismet somehow wasn't on that team, I feel like Tiege fits in really well Where with a team where he could just be, like, an SD specialist and just do dirty work. Go, like, 25 and 30 in a hard point, but get just super high engagements or something. Yeah. I feel like well, Tiege fits best on, like, top teams, because he's never going to be a top slayer anymore.
1: Yeah. Or, or just, uh, put Tiege on a S and D only. Yeah. Summon for S&D only. Yeah, i
0: think like the first one
1: to ever do S&D only. <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't really think of like any other players because like once again, I think it's tough for guys like your Bance, your Hixie, those type of players this offseason because like they're players that once again fit on a team with a bunch of superstars where they can do the dirty work. Cause like if I'm pairing Bance with a subduo, I usually want that other subduo to be really sleigh heavy. Yeah. And Bance can do a lot of the cred, uh just like really dirty work type stuff. Um, granted, Bance, you know, towards the end of last year was actually putting up numbers in the it's field department. Team. Yeah. But I don't know. It's tough. I, I like like a Standy because I feel like standee is one of the higher upside. I like Standy, Gwyn, Mac, Asim. Those subs. Mm-hmm. Nero as well. I keep forgetting about Nero, but I like Nero as well. Maybe even Kremp. Yeah, Kremp shows flashes. Yeah, like I just want to pick up two guys like I guess my final roster, I'm going Clay. I'm giving him the reins, but I'm looking to get like standy and nero i think and then i'll take temp or attach i think i'll go with temp because just i want to go highest slaying upside possible yeah um i think temps a little faster than attach in general mm-hmm. um so i'm going play temp standy and nero just basically taking tige and replacing him with somebody that i think has a little more slaying upside yeah and i just like temp standy nero i feel like has a lot of upside and more consistent slaying I feel like it's like Vegas's team last year, so they could be really good at search still. Because I think Nero is is a good search player. I wouldn't say he's on Tj's level, but he's still a good search player. I feel like they're just like Vegas with like a little bit more consistent slaying, which is really what they were missing last year. Yeah, that team's not bad though. What are you going with? You think you're sticking Clay, and are you going any other players? You going with Attach and somebody else? I'm going with Clay Attach because Attach brings the ice. True. I've t- I want to go with. I'm gonna go with Asim and Nero. I like Asim and Nero. I, I yeah, I completely forgot about Asim until you mentioned it. But yeah, I, I like him and as well. And you know, he has history of playing with um, with Clay history. on New York. And I feel like him and Attach are kind of that same circle. They're friends as well. Yeah, has a history of winning uh, in Vanguard with Leg. Yeah, I feel like Standy and Nero are those higher upside slaying. But yeah, yeah. I like. You said Nero and. Asim. Asim. Yeah, and your know Asim clan the main, Tatch on the flex. Yeah, and like, Tatch is a good flex if we actually finally get an actual flex roll, because he surely is one of those guys that can't run both. Yeah. The problem with the flex is at this point, it's really like everybody always talks about, you just basically have a slow AR and a fast AR. There's not even, like, really much of a flex anymore. Yeah. It just all
1: depends, like, for Asim at least, like, the right situation.
0: Yeah. He's a really good player in the right situation, but once again, he's he's a guy that needs like a good system and him to just go do the dirty work. But yeah, and Attach is a, is a true flex if they need it. But I honestly can't even think of a time we've had a true flex since like World War II is like the last time I could think of it.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. so I like, I wouldn't consider Black Ops Four a true flex. I mean, there was like a flex gun, but you were only using the Maddox. You weren't ever pulling out anything yeah. else. Maybe like a second ICR sometimes. Yeah. Um. But like the last time there was a true flex was like Gunless when he would literally use a third PPSH on some maps and a second STG or bar, or whatever it was at the time on certain maps. Like they were literal designated maps for him to use certain guns. So yeah. Switching between them all the time. Like that was the last true flex I can remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was just sad though. So. Cause it makes roster construction way more skillful. Mm-hmm. And obviously it, it sucks cause you don't actually really know going into a game cause you make your roster before you've ever played the game. Yeah. But it, it makes roster it, construction more skillful.
1: It's just better but overall
0: yeah i mean it also makes your team have to be better like that that flex becomes such a crucial player like if they can't pull out the sub and there are certain maps that need to pull the sub roster changes have to happen like yeah so it is it is very unfortunate that we haven't had that but hopefully this year that changes i'm gonna guess it probably doesn't but i'm hoping it does yeah i actually with mw2 maps some of them being maybe a little more close quarters and stuff maybe maybe we'll have some switches
1: i hope so but actually, instead of Nero, I'm gonna put in Jimbo. Oh, true. With walls? <laughs> yeah, with with everything. Yeah, everyone
0: in. With G- yeah, all. that. I mean, that team might be a top four team actually. If Jimbo, Jimbo's comms are gonna yeah. be incredible. He's like you know, the, the good old superstar. <laughs> Somehow calling out where everybody's spawning every yep. time. He's he's accurate even in these crazy spawn games. He just knows it. <laughs> he knows. Yep. All right. right. I got nothing else. So if you're ready to wrap this one up, a little shorter episode today. But that's that's the time of year we're in. Yeah, I got nothing else, much else besides, you know, I'm just waiting, waiting on the new game. Yeah, new game and X Defiant, one of the two. Yep. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for this one, though. If you guys enjoyed, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. Drop a follow, drop a five-star review on the audio platforms. We appreciate all the support. And like you, we're just in the waiting room for the new game. We've only got about two months to go. Stay strong. If any of you are watching the NFL and watch their NFL preview, uh, we got our first game coming up on Thursday, so I'm at least excited um to have that maybe brock and i'll randomly talk about nfl weeks on the podcast or something just to get us through the off season um Mm -hmm. that's something you guys want to see drop that comment down below and uh, we'll see you guys next week with another episode thank you guys for watching